Hello, it's Monday, it's a new week and we have a new chat for you to hear. I'm Ellie. I'm James. And I'm Nina. And in case you're wondering who Garrick is, we're students of the Stockport Garrick Youth Theatre. Thanks so much for choosing to listen to us today to hear our chat with... Catherine Janssenfors. So we are live from the Garrick basement in our first week of summer school, second week of summer school. <laughs> Already messing up our spoons. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you hear screaming kids in the background, don't worry. It's just the summer school. <laughs> yes, they're having lots of fun in the other basement behind us. Yeah, they're uh, hard at work, ready for the show tomorrow. I know, it's very exciting. And then we've got another week of 30 kids. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, which uh, will be very fun. It shall be. We'll be very tired by the end of it. So uh, since we had our summer school last week, then one this week, and then one next week, we're uh, at the theatre a lot. We never leave, do we? <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're going to be living here, so uh, they're never going to get rid of us. Nope. Never. Um, but we recorded a podcast last night, uh, well, this podcast. We recorded your podcast today, actually. You recorded we did the interview last night. We recorded the interview last night in the basement with Catherine uh, and Annie and Adam two of our seniors, and I was present for the actual recording, which was very interesting to see the behind the scenes. So yeah, this week, Adam and Annie chatted with Catherine, and it was our first international interview because she actually Zoomed us from Switzerland, which was exciting. Very cool. But um, even though we had Rick's last week in person, it is still very nice to be able to get these interviews over Zoom because we've got Catherine from Switzerland. We had Helena Duggan from Kilkenny and we've had people from all over the UK, which has been very nice. We're getting around, aren't we? Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Is that being kept in? (laughs) So we have our producer uh, watching over us today, monitoring us, Rach, um, yeah. <laughs> making sure we do it all well. nerve-wracking. I feel like we should steal our job, become the producers. Yeah, we're a, better. A mutiny. Mm-hmm. But she can still edit it all for yeah, us. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Neither. Catherine is a youth tutor and director who brings theatre students together from all over Europe by organising and leading international drama festivals and workshops. One of the hosts of this interview, 18-year-old Annie, was lucky enough to travel to Finland alongside our youth tutor, Faye, to take part in the Edda Red Encounter. So um, from what Annie and Faye have told us, they've said it's like a great opportunity for young performers. Yeah, it sounded really interesting. It'd be something I'd love to do. So without further ado, this is episode 16. Garrett chats with Katrin Janzafors. Enjoy! Right, hello and welcome to Garrick Chats with. Um, welcome, Catherine. We're very, very happy to have you here. Um, could you get the ball rolling and just introduce yourself for our listeners, please? Okay. My name is Catherine and I'm from Switzerland. And I'm doing youth theatre, or the other way, I'm doing theatre with the youth um, since I'm 20 years old. And I'm doing theatre since I'm three years old. I'm the president of the European Drama Encounter, running a children and youth theater in Turkey and Switzerland and playing in various improved theater ensembles at the moment. And I've just started a professional speaking education to do jingles and 
radio and TV spots, synchro voiceovers. That all sounds very nice. Um, now, we met a couple of years ago doing, as you said, I don't know the full title, but we called it Edared, which was an international camp for theatre where lots of people from different countries or children from young people from different countries would come together. And we all, you know, made a brilliant piece of theatre in Finland. And you've been doing that at the moment in Switzerland. So can you tell us how has your summer gone doing that. This summer we had a hybrid Edward encounter which is the long form for Edward um, mm-hmm. taking place in Croatia with Croatian and Hungarian teenagers, taking place in Belgium with Belgian teenagers and taking place in Switzerland with Swiss and German teenagers and we met various times online in the evening to present our countries, to gather together. So we have the feeling that we are still a part of a huge project also when we cannot travel during pandemic. And at the end, we had a final performance in Osijek, Croatia, where the Hungarian and Croatian group was performing live and the tapes from actually Greece, England, Switzerland, Germany and Belgium was via video streamed into the production. It was a very, very interesting summer this year. Very good, very good. So shall I just quickly tell our listeners how that's different to the encounter that we've taken part in? So yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on board this one and, and getting my say in. <laughs> so I actually met Katrin when I went to Edered in Poland and Germany back in 2015. And Edered is this wonderful organisation that brings together lots of different international um, drama students from lots of different countries and over the course of 10 days there's tutors from different countries that work together to do a big performance with all the different nationalities and that's been like an outdoor performance so me and Katrin we did Poland and Germany together and then two years ago we did Finland as well and Annie actually came with us and it's just wonderful so that obviously will give the listeners um, a little bit of an idea about how that is different this year to previous years. Yes and then the, you always have to see the The philosophy of Edered is at the moment that we combine 19 European countries, everybody can be a part of Edered if he wants to. And um, every country sends a workshop and a welfare leader to the encounter, which is usually taking place in one country and not hybrid. And so we always choose a very, very experienced professional workshop leader and a very, very young workshop leader from another country and put them together as a team. And then they are getting from each country participating at the encounter two to three kids. So it's really international. They are language barrier, which we go over with the Seattle language. And we are using the first couple of days to teach them the theater drama way and the last couple of days to make a huge project which is not a presentation of every workshop after each other we always have an autistic team who is running from one workshop to the other to see if they work on the team how they work on the team or the topic and then telling the workshop leader look we want you to focus on this because we need that in our final performance then at the end as mentioned 
before. It's a huge performance. It's not a presentation of workshops. And that makes a huge difference in the artistic process and in the artistic quality. So you have a lot of experience doing theatre um, and all sorts of different types of theatre. Um, I was wondering what first got you interested in doing a career in theatre? Um, was it doing a performance or watching a performance or just that you were doing it from such a young age? Well, I was brought up in the theatre. My parents were working at the theatre. My father was the headlight designer of the State Theatre in Zurich. And my mother, she was doing amateur theatre and then realised that the kids love it a lot. And that was in the early 80s. So the drama pedagogic just came slowly into Switzerland schools and it it's not in the schools yet unfortunately like it is in England but um, my mother then started a youth theater in 1989 and then I was 10 years old and before <laughs> I uh, there were no uh, I don't know we say, we call it kindergarten or doggies um, where you keep your children when they are small and during that time you didn't have this so my parents had the luck that when they were working in the theater they just took me with them and they put me wherever there was a break so sometimes I was in the mask department <laughs> to because my father had to work and sometimes they put me into the requisite department and then I was in the tone studio because they these guys had a break or I just was in the in the big um, audience hall to watch how the director was working and crawling around on the floor because um, all the possibilities you had have now to that someone else is taking care of your kids did not exist during this time so I I never had um, I was always very impressed of this of of this world of this uh, world of theater and uh, of course my mother and my father were working at the theater so we were really raised in a drama pedagogical way when they read the story to us it was never always reading a story it was always with a lot of bam bam and a lot of different voices and and we had to move all the time and a lot of plays and games we have were actually theater exercises we just didn't know so you have to say why did I never fell out of it is the better yeah. <laughs> question <laughs> um, because um, I, I like to interact with people and I like to give actually especially in this time the young people and the children a place where they can be safe and where they can say out loud what they think uh, without being punished about an opinion without being punished to tell the truth and that's why I'm always sticking there. And often I'm doing a play and the kids want to do something. And I know afterwards, oh my God, if we go to a festival and we show this, the people, <laughs> exactly, the, the, the professional directors will exactly uh, criticize this. But it's so important for my kids that it's in there, that I'm very happy to put my head there for them and they can give me the blame. I'm fine with that. <laughs> and it's also that in our fast and forward time, a lot of parents do not even have the time to listen to their children properly because they have to feed them. So in school, a lot of people cannot listen, the teachers, because they have to work. But when they are coming to the theater, we can play, we can develop, and we can find out what they want to say, but they don't get hurt. 
And yeah. uh, I think the theater is a beautiful place to always mirroring the society and to always tell the society, oh my God, you forgot to listen to your children and to your teens. And that's why I never went away from theater because I didn't found any other place where this was the same. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about the Garrick as well, to be honest. It was always, yeah, <laughs> it yes. was always like, I, I, I never really like, knew I, I would enjoy being part of something where I could be so honest and so open until like I joined the Garrick and then all of a sudden it was like this whole world of just like just being completely myself opened up and it was really good and being accepted yeah yeah um you touched a little bit before on sort of adapting Edared for Covid and doing it online so I was wondering have there been any unexpected positive things to come out of working in the pandemic especially when so many people across Europe are going to be struggling and um, what's a good thing that has come out of being able to do Edared online? Well the financials <laughs> the only thing was um, the, the also a good thing which really impressed me was that we the teenager and the kids also when they just had 20 minutes bus ride to our theater house or the Germans who had a five hours journey of course the Germans were not home but also our kids from Switzerland they really got the feeling that they connect they connect with Europe they are not alone and that was very very interesting when the, the second day the kids ran in and said when are we going online to meet all the others and I was like well not today and then it was like Ooh. <laughs> hey really it was like tomorrow we have the national presentation and oh my god yeah um, that, that was very very uh, positive aspect because we really managed now through this and also through adapting a lot of exercises and adapting a lot of things we do usually on spot. We are the new media and we learned it during the pandemic, during the pandemic, right? Um, if it now would be the beginning of the pandemic, we it would never came out so brilliant um, because we learned the last one and a half years a lot of tricks. And the second thing is, of, of course, when you organize an encounter, a meeting, a festival with, with uh, 60 to 200 participants, a country who is organizing it, they need a huge budget. And unfortunately, a lot of governments started to cut away the budget for art education and added it into sports or they need it for their hospitality also for their hospitals or they just don't have the money anymore as they had it in the 80s and in the 90s so the positive thing was that it was for us um, a good experience a different experience but no one had to I say now put in 100,000 British pounds that it's working and not put in, I mean, finding 100,000 British pounds somewhere to make this possible. And of course that we were streaming it on Facebook and on YouTube and on our private channels as well. And a lot of people who never heard about this art connection, this, this cultural theater connection, they just started to hop on. They just always yeah. um, watch the streams. They just realized, oh my God, that's something good. 
oh my God, that's, oh, I can do that as well. Oh, maybe oh, if I would have been young or, oh, maybe that's what's for my, something for my kid to not only stay home and game further on. <laughs> so that also had a good effect that it was spread quite wide over the social media. You said about um, spreading, spreading the word of this international network of um, young performers. Before I actually came and did the first Edorad, I hadn't heard of, I didn't even know anything like this existed. It was only by chance when um, one of the members of the LTG, the Little Theatre Guild, contacted me and said, do you have a student that would like to go and do some drama abroad? So I didn't actually know about any of this. So for you to say that, you know, that's one of the positives that's come out of it is fantastic. Um, because I can say that my my personal experience of teaching internationally, and obviously, you know, Annie's been with us, I can say it's it's some of the most exciting theatre that I've I've ever been involved in. And obviously you meet wonderful people like yourself and you know we've wow. got we've got all these connections that we wouldn't we wouldn't have had otherwise so I'm really happy that other people are connecting where, where they might not have done exactly yeah yeah and I think um having been a student at Edored it is really really interesting because obviously like people from the other countries they could speak fluent English but you found that you connected in other ways especially when you're sort of thrown together and usually you know at the Garrick I'm doing theatre with people I've known for years and I'm immediately comfortable and um, but it was really nice just to be thrown in with a group of strangers all from completely different parts completely different countries and to find the thing the little things that we had in common that you wouldn't usually think that you did or things that we you could learn from other cultures as well was a, it was a really really great experience. Yeah I actually um as well you were saying before um about how when all like the children found out like oh yeah today's the day we're going to meet everyone from all these different countries they all got really excited and I've always found any experience I've had like that I do I really enjoy it um but I was actually wondering what's actually your experience with working with children from different countries and has there been anything interesting or like any cool ideas or skills that people bring to their performances that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise? Hmm, that's a good question. Because <laughs> I think um, every, how do you say that? I mean, every culture has a special way to do their, we call it in German, Volkstheater. It's the theater of the common people. Mm. Yeah, I don't know the English word. It's just, it's not yeah. a professional theater, which is put on stage. It's the theater of the common people. So we call it um, we call it amateur theater. Yes. Yeah. So every every country in its culture has a special way of this of doing this amateur theater, and I think the of course the mother of the children in youth theater is playing because when you get born you start to play when you're thirsty <laughs> you want to have what you're playing they don't understand you if you don't mime if you don't act and the father of the theater the youth theater is this amateur theater and if you combine this in these various cultures you get a lot of different flowers and everyone is doing it different i mean the russians are doing so totally different amateur theater or professional theater than the germans are doing or the english or the people from israel 
there are or the people from Poland, they are much more physical than you could ever imagine. It's and smooth and flowing and a lot of movement. And to find all these different kind of ways to into theater and and arts of theater and combine them and learn from here and give there and take this. I mean, um, this is just a treasure you get if you are young or if you are old. This is just a treasure you get. And you can always say, oh, I like that. I take it with me. Or you can always say, oh, I'm never going to do that. I will never yeah. use that. And that's mm. also learning. So um, this is one of my biggest, biggest, biggest experiences and one something which is impressing me so much. And I think we should never, ever lose this. Never lose the way that I'm doing it like this traditionally that's how I learned it and they are doing it like that traditionally that's how they learned it and now let's combine it and make it universal because mm. when we're once playing theater on the moon or in the mars on the mars we have to yeah. play the universal one <laughs> <laughs> I would love to I would love to do theater on Mars <laughs> <laughs> exactly so you touched on this a little bit before, and I think um, talking about what sparked your interest of theatre. And obviously you focused on new theatre throughout your sort of career. Um, I was wondering, what do you think the difference between new theatre and adult theatre is? And why does that attract you to youth theatre? Like, What is the main difference between children and adults in that setting? And what makes children the path for you? Um, first of all, is they a honesty and, and they a fantasy. Uh, you have to know our children in youth theatre in Switzerland, we, are, uh, we have groups between 5 and 25 years old. And my mother started with a mixed group. In this mixed group, the smallest one was 6 and the oldest one was 18 and we were 15. And it was very, very amazing to see how the 18-year-old can learn from the fantasy from the 6-year-old which he lost on the way because he had to go to school. He had to, he had to deliver, he had to do this. He had to, there was no place for this kind of fantasy anymore in his head. And at the same time, you have the six-year-old who is looking up to the 18 years old and says, oh my God, look how he's doing this on stage. And he's never smiling. He's really a part. He stays in his role. I want to get there as well. And that's exactly why I love to work with children in theater, because it gives this, this, this fantasy explosion and you can explode, explode, explode. And what is good from the explosion, we take. What we don't like, we just throw away. And um, when I do theater with adults, they ask so many questions before we do an exercise, <laughs> which I think, but if you haven't done the exercise, you don't know how it feels. So I can go to the children and the teenager and I say, we do this and this exercise, please focus on your body. And afterwards we will see what we experienced. And then the adults are like, yeah, but why do I have to do it? Well, yeah, to see what you experience. Yeah, but what will I experience? Well, I don't know what you will, what your experience <laughs> will be as long as you haven't done it. But no, no, but just do it. It's, it's, we call it theater rehearsal. We, we call it in German Theaterprobe, which is something called like theater trying. That's a rehearsal, theater trying. It's not theater talking and not theater think through. 
and not theater. <laughs> let's make it backwards and forwards and let's discuss it first for one hour and then we put it on stage. That's not how we do it. So it's much um, more fruitful when you do it with kids because every kid is trying it, doing it. And afterward it says, I didn't like it. I loved it. I felt this. I didn't felt anything. And everyone is different and that's fine. And uh, when I do it with growing ups, then I really work professional. Also, then I have my, then I know, then, then I'm a director. I educate them in their acting skills and then they go to a director and then they have to deliver. Then they are an instrument. And if I work with professionals, I accept that I get a lot of instruments and I can discuss with them. I see the part like this. You see the part like this. Let's find the middle way. And now you have to deliver because you're an actor. But if I do it with children and youth, we can develop. If I work with professionals, I can develop a really, really short time because of money, because of deadlines, because of this and that. And professionals like me because in the beginning they can develop. And then I say, and now I start to be the director. And then they have to deliver. If not, they are out of the performance. And a lot of directors, they are coming and say, now you have to deliver. They don't have give time to develop. If I'm working with children, the timeline of developing and searching and finding is maybe 70%. And the director part is 30%. And when I work with adults and uh, professionals, the developing time is 30% and the other time is 70%. And I'm more like the development stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was actually really interesting, especially how like the teaching styles between like children and adults differ and everything. Um, something I was wondering, kind of related to the question we were talking about before with like different nationalities and different experiences and different ways of performing is... Um, how, how does like your teaching style compare when you're performing or teaching to people from other countries as it does when you're teaching to your own group in Switzerland? Um, and maybe how does your group in Switzerland respond to that differently to how different people of different nationalities might respond to that differently? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think my teaching way changed a lot the last 15, 20 years. Um, in the beginning, I was teaching this way, and then I learned, also I taught the straight way, then I learned another stuff, and then I start to experiment around, and then I found various things, which various exercises, or, or I realized it, you know, I realized that this is very good, I realized that, oh my god, that is working, that is working yeah. with adults, with kids, with teenagers, that's working. And uh, I was running around and I was uh, looking for always new things, new things, new things until I got one teacher back 10 years ago, which I had when I was 16. And he was doing exactly the same exercise, which he made with me when I was 16. And the exercise was brilliant. And then I finally was able to rest a little bit to realize I don't always have to invent 100% of myself new. It's enough when I keep the good stuff and invent and develop the other stuff more. And um, when I'm teaching the, the way I usually teach, I'm, I'm very strict. Mm. I'm, I'm very strict. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but when I start to work with other workshops leaders, I learned that if I'm not as strict as I'm usually, oh, like I am in 
or I was in Switzerland, there's much more place to develop even more. Mm. So I, I learned from the international things that there are countries which are even stricter which doesn't help it did not help me so much and there are countries who are strict but then someone like the uk they are very strict but someone they just let them flow away and they are just always observing what are they doing they are not doing what i want to do but what are they doing oh bam. and then they catch something <laughs> and that's a highlight mm. that's like a magical moment and this magical moment only happened because you let go of this boundary on one side on the other side you still have the boundary but on this side you learned it and when I came back to Switzerland and I gave my kids some boundary they were totally confused <laughs> because yeah, I, was not <laughs> I was like oh my god <laughs> so but now <laughs> now I found a way where I can uh, combine this and uh, also my group now realized that there is still a boundary when we are floating away there are still rules when we are floating away but Whenever the scene or the theater needs it, then break the rules. I must say, I certainly do like breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up to our last questions now. So you've had a, quite a long career, and I don't mean that as an insult. <laughs> it comes with lots of experience. That's okay. I started with three years. <laughs> <laughs> um, over all that time, it's not very long. What has been the most memorable performance and along with that, perhaps the most valuable thing that you've learned doing theatre and it has brought to you personally? I know it's quite a broad question. You have to know that I was, um, also I, I, I was acting before and then from one day to the other, I had a director and I always had to play against my inner impulse. And that was the moment when I decided that acting to be a professional actress was a very nice childhood dream, but it's not the reality. Because I'm, I came from the children and youth theater. I was allowed to develop. I was allowed to work with the director to find a play. And then I made the acting education. I was only this instrument. And with 50% of the directors, this, this was great. But I never had to lo the luck to find the director who wants to work with me and develop with me uh, the play for five to 10 years. That's maybe 1% of actors who have that in the world. So then I decided to go back to teaching. When I was a kid playing theater and a teenager it was uh, whenever I was at the international festival and I was able to show them our performance, which we were making out of our problems or out of our view of the world. And people were standing and getting up and clapping afterwards for something. If I would have shown it in my school, the teacher would have said, stop this. We made uh, various plays about, I mean, no, that was in the 80s and beginning of 90s, about uh, the poorness of the street children in Brazil or the, the rainforest burning down. And uh, people always knew and knew it, but no one smashed it to them in their face. We also made <laughs> plays against globalization about the WEF in Davos. Um, these were very important plays for me. And when I was working as a professional actor, it was, of course, playing Jenny in the Three Penny Opera, because that was 
I loved Brecht always and my mother was a Brecht lover and I'm still doing a lot of Brecht and uh, ethical theater. And afterwards, when I changed into teaching more than acting, I had so many, also every project I do with the teenager is whenever it's finished is special. We have to sing. You work in a theater. You do theater. You're never finished. You make one performance. <laughs> the performance is great. And that was this performance. And we loved it. And we learned a lot. And what are we doing now? We are doing another one. And we yes. start from zero. And we are going the whole way again. And at the end, we hopefully have a wonderful performance. And we, we say again, oh, my God, we, we made it. It was great. We had such a nice experience. The way was so interesting. I learned so much. And then we start again from zero. Yes. It's not that we develop a, a straw and then that's my invention. And now we have a straw in plastic. And now I make the straw in, in paper. And now I make the straw in metal. You always start from zero up again, zero up again and that's why all of my performances or all the performances I made with my teenager everyone is special and of course it makes it maybe a little bit more special when you show it at the Royal Albert Hall or at Carnegie Hall but that's only places you can have a wonderful performance in a, on the village stage and it counts exactly the same as when you show it in Royal Albert Hall. Or a beach in Finland. Or a beach in Finland. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or a square in Switzerland. So inspiring. Um, <laughs> what I really enjoyed when you were talking about is when, you know, when you were talking about um, the, the COVID times and going online and things like that, and, and obviously it opens doors, doesn't it, for a lot of other children and a lot of other young people. Um, way back at the end of last year we had a guest on didn't we Julie on the first episode yeah. and she said as much as Covid has been such a negative thing it's also gave a lot of young people opportunities that they wouldn't have had online auditions mm -hmm. instead of having to pay to go to cities to do mm -hmm. big auditions they can go online yeah. um, so I'm really glad that you still got to do to do that this year I really am but I hope everything goes back to normal for you in the future. <laughs> yes, we keep our fingers crossed. It would also be nice to have Amy again back in person or Adam and and you, of course, to meet in real. I mean, yeah. the first question when the people arrived from the other countries was, are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? Yes, let's hug. And there was a huge <laughs> group hug. And mm. um, the people really missed it. So I really hope we can meet in, in Croatia or Greece or Switzerland, Israel, all again. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this evening, Catherine. Uh, just, uh, just on a personal level, obviously I should have been coming to Switzerland last year and the year before and, you know, I'm just keeping everything crossed that we, we can actually be together in person again soon. I um, hope so as well. And it's just wonderful to hear all about, um, you know, your background. Obviously, I, I know a lot of this from us being friends, but I think for our listeners to be able to hear about you and about all the international drama that is there available for young people, I think it's really, really invaluable. So, mm -hmm. so thank you so much for sharing this evening with us. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, anytime, <laughs> anytime, anytime. It's been absolutely wonderful. 
thank you very much for that, Catherine. It was a really nice interview, and I mean, sitting in on it was a really good experience for me. Yeah, I absolutely loved what Catherine said about how she loves working with children because their imaginations just go on for miles. I mean, we've definitely seen that this week with the summer school, haven't we? We actually have. It's really nice to just see them have to put together a whole show in a week. Yeah, and they come up with the craziest ideas. (laughs) They have five days that normally goes all pear-shaped on Wednesday, which didn't actually happen. (laughs) I know, they've done really well. Uh, It's nice to see them all work together as well because, you know... There's mixing of different groups and stuff, and it's very nice. Yeah, definitely. So coming up next week on Garrick Chats With is... We're not going to tell you that. You'll have to come back next Monday to find out. And in the meantime, keep an eye on our socials. So at Garrick Youthgram on Instagram and at SGT Youth on Twitter to keep yourself updated with future episodes. Thanks as always for listening. I've been James. I've been Ellie. And this has been episode 16, Garrick Chats With... Catherine Janssefors. Take care and bye for now. Garrett Chatswood is presented by James Fagan, Ellie Spooner and Nina Young of the Stockport Garrick Youth Theatre and produced by Rachel Fitzgerald. Our wonderful music is brought to us by Luke McConnell of Manchester's own Roller Band. All of our hosts are between 6 to 18 year olds from our very unique theatre. Please remember to subscribe to Garrett Chats With on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcasts to get every episode straight to your phone every week.